welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, August 25th, 2021, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are bringing a topic to the Defender podcast on Stand for Orphans, and this is special for many reasons. One, my sweet wife Ashley is joining us again today, as she did some four years ago when we first started the Defender podcast. My wife has been so passionate about getting our kids and our family engaged and involved in orphan care, and Stand for Orphans was the brainchild that they had in order to get our family, as well as other families, engaged at a very young age, at a very early stage in orphan care. And so I'm grateful that you get to hear a little bit more about Stand for Orphans from Ashley, as well as where this campaign and where this movement has gone in the last four to five years. But we also get to hear a little bit from Mary Beth Brown, and Mary Beth is from West Point, Georgia, and she has been hosting a stand for orphans since 2016. She's been very faithful to do this stand each and every year, and every year her stand just gets more, uh, more attention and it gets larger, and she's able to raise more money through the stand. She's one of our top stand participants, and in that time has raised over five thousand dollars so i'm very grateful that you're going to get to hear from ashley newell mary beth brown and joining mary beth is her mom jenna who will also be able to give us uh, some insight into how their family has been impacted by families count but before we get to hear from ashley and mary beth and jenna i want to remind you about parent coaching parent coaching is a service available to for any parent who needs additional insight into their child's behavior tailored to each family and each child These are 45 to 60 minute sessions filled with proven tools and techniques to use in building additional strengths in parenting. See our show notes or visit lifelinechild.org backslash parent coaching. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash parent coaching for more information and to be connected with a Lifeline staff member. And as you go to lifelinechild.org, I wanna let you know that we have a new website. And on that website, you can get many tools and lots more information. And it's a lot easier to navigate, to learn about parent coaching or any of the services that we can provide you and your family. So again, we are so grateful to be joined by Mary Beth Brown and her mom, Jenna, as well as my sweet wife, Ashley, to talk a little bit more about Stand for Orphans, how it started, where we see it now, and just how the Lord has used that. And so uh, Mary Beth and and Jenna are coming to us from West Point, Georgia, where they've been doing Stand for Orphans since 2016. And they also have a rich history uh, with Lifeline and with our founder, Wells Goble, and and the way that even Wells has been used in their story. Story. And I'm excited for us just to have this conversation about what the Lord is doing and about how he connects his people together in awesome ways for his gospel and for his glory. But but Ashley, as we start, and it's crazy to think that this podcast actually started with you and I around our kitchen table talking about Stand for Orphans uh, four years ago. Can you just tell us a little bit more about how Stand for Orphans got started and how the Lord just bloomed and blossomed this idea in your mind. Yeah, sure. So um, it was May 2015, which it's hard to believe that it's been seven years now. Um, And just like every other kid wants to do a lemonade stand in the summer, our kids were no different. And they asked one day if they could do a lemonade stand. And I was very reluctant. I had said no, no, no. 
But then that day I said yes. And we went down to a dog park that was in the neighborhood in which we lived at that time. And we set up and, you know, it was a a homemade poster that had very bad writing on it um, that said, you know, lemonade or whatever. And uh, so while we were sitting there, um, we weren't making very much money. And but, you know, by the end of the day, I think we had made about twenty dollars. And but while we were sitting there that day, the kids started brainstorming. It was just like a, a major brainstorming session. And they said, well, this is not very hard. Uh, we should encourage other kids to do this. Um, and so then another child said they had heard, you know, you talk about getting donors to match gifts. And so somebody said, well, what if we found someone that would match everything that we earned and encouraging other kids to do the same. And so they convinced me to go out there three days in a row. So three days in a row, we went out to this, to this dog park. So by the second day we had a, a sign that said, Lemonade stand for orphans. Um, And then that night we called Rick Morton, who's the vice president engagement for Lifeline and told him our idea. And uh, that night we bought the domain names online for standfororphans.com and .org. And so um, that's how the idea was birthed. And at that point we didn't really know, you know, what it would look like, but we just had this idea and we wanted other kids to be able to participate in a tangible way um, to be able to help kids around the world. I mean, we had spent, hours and um, lots of time together as a family in orphanages all over the world. And once you experience that, it, you can't unsee what you've seen there. And um, so I, for years I had known I wanted to do something. I wanted to create a way for kids to be involved in helping with the orphan care crisis. And it just took this simple idea of selling lemonade to bring that idea to fruition. The one that had been, stirring in my heart for years um, as a way for kids to tangibly be involved in helping other children around the world. Yeah. And, you know, actually, as I even think about that, you know, one of your passions is that no one is, is too young or in, in any situation where they can't get involved. How, how have you seen this even engage our own family to, to see how they can do something tangible on behalf of the, the needy and the vulnerable around the world? Right. So I I think that, you know, many times in the church that that uh, we have the tendency to think that serving is reserved for adults. And I just really strongly believe that the more we involve children um, in thinking about and serving others as as children, then the more likely that that will carry with them throughout their their lives. And Stan just provides an opportunity to bring all those things together, like hard work and ingenuity, determination, um, generosity, loving others, serving others, um, and to, to help kids that are the same, just the same as, as our kids are, but they just happen to be an orphan and live around the world, somewhere else around the world and need a family. And so it's a way, um, you know, to get kids to think outside themselves. So much of our culture is very self-absorbed and so focused on self. And, um, it's an opportunity to tell kids that, there is an orphan crisis in the world. There are 153 million orphans in the world. And while we can't help every single one, every single person, including children can do something to help end that orphan crisis. And I think what's so awesome is I remember that night where we were on the phone with Dr. Rick and sharing this idea 
at the time he was in Memphis, Tennessee, and we were from Birmingham, in Birmingham and having this idea. And the passion that you guys had was that this would spread outside of our family. I mean, the hope was a handful of families. I mean, I remember there's this big, huge, audacious goal that maybe someone in all 50 states would end up doing a lemonade stand. But, but never in our wildest dreams did we believe that it would catch on the way that it has caught on. And, and one of the places it caught on was in West Point, Georgia. And, and Jenna, I, I know that you and your family have gotten involved, but I'd love if, you know, if you would just tell us, how did you get involved with Lifeline and, and your story, even around Wells Goebel and, and all, the, all the things that you've seen accomplished there in West Point? Well, um, I do love Wales and Jean, and I'll just start by saying that it actually was at a ladies' gathering here in West Point, Georgia, that I was invited to. Um, I didn't even really know what I was going to hear Jean share, but um, I went in uh, 2002, and she shared her testimony, and of course, the gospel. And um, anyway, that is uh, the day that um, I placed my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and my life was changed forever. Um, so that's just a, a neat, a neat story. But um, we became involved specifically uh, with Stand for Orphans, although I was I was familiar um, somewhat with Lifeline just be, through Wales and Jean, um, but. Uh, the Lord called my brother and my sister-in-law to adopt, and they shared that with our family um, in 2015. And um, when they shared that they were going to begin that that journey of adoption um, and begin that process, I think it really opened our children's eyes to um, the fact that there are orphans and that there is an orphan crisis and and the staggering number of orphans um, that there are. And so um, our daughter, Mary Beth, is here um, and, and we'll share in a little bit. Um, she immediately wanted to do something to help um, as she became aware of this. And, and it really kind of started that um, she initially was offering to help um, my brother and his family in, in their uh, funding of their adoption. Um, but as their adoption um, was covered and funded, they encouraged her to continue to do something or find some, some way to help um, other orphans. Um, and so we, she said, okay, but what does that look like? You know, how am I going to do this? And she already was thinking about things. She's very gifted in, um, she's artistic and she's creative and she already had some ideas of things she wanted to make maybe. Um, but, but how do I sell those? What do I do? Who gets the money? You know, that kind of thing. And I really, this is just so neat how is how the Lord works that um, I mean, it was probably what just even a week. week a week later that my brother Brad received an email from Lifeline about the Stand for Orphans initiative. And uh, you're like, this is the perfect fit. This is exactly what we want to do. And now we can partner with Lifeline and and even have the resources and things we need and the rest is history. And I really think actually you had said six years, but it's 
it's technically, if you count this summer, um, it's been seven because our first stand was, if I'm not mistaken, in 2015, the very year that you guys launched. That's awesome. And that, uh, that is just a testimony of, of the way the Lord works. One, how he orchestrates all of this uh, so intricately, uh, these little bitty details that, that, you know, you cannot call coincidence, but you see the hands and, and, you know, Mary Beth is, is I've just even seen some of the things that you've done. I mean, the Lord has obviously gifted you in so many different ways. And the thing that I know our family has been impressed upon, and I personally have been impressed upon is how you have used these giftings that the Lord has given you back for him. You know, one of the things we're obviously talking about here today is stand for orphans, but you're also involved in a lot of other things. A lot of other ministries that are helping kids around the world using your talents and using the, the treasure that the Lord has invested in you. So I just love for you to tell us about some of the things that you've had the opportunity uh, to sell and how, how you've shaped your stand in a very special way. So yeah, like my mom was saying um, at the beginning of this podcast, I've always been interested in being creative and, and doing art. And so that idea kind of started this whole journey of wanting to sell my crafts and wanting to help orphans. And so over the years, I've been able to sell crafts like candles and jewelry and um, little friendship bracelets and soap and things that I've always been creating. I just have had the opportunity to sell them and have that impact on orphans. So it's really been a blessing being able to mm -hmm. do those things and honor God at the same time. Amen. Well, Ashley, you know, even as Mary Beth said, what's interesting is this whole idea started with lemonade and she's not selling any lemonade. Uh, and that was even kind of this idea that you had at the beginning is it started with lemonade, but wow, what if kids could use their God-given ability and talent to be creative and to do something? So really it's, it's gotta be encouraging to you to hear the Brown family take this idea and make it their own because that's really what, what that vision was, was, was families would take this and make it their own and, and, and not only in raising money for orphans, but more importantly, being a part of and getting to use their creativity and their ingenuity and their entrepreneurship uh, for this, this, this awareness and, and helping orphans around the world. So, you know, you and our kids consistently continue to, to uh, host stands and you're always looking for different venues and places. Tell us about kind of some of the locations that have been the most uh, lucrative or, or the best locations for you and some of those items that, that have been the best sellers when you and the kids have done stands? Yeah, absolutely. So this year was the first year that we um, set up at some local farmers markets. And I thought that that would be a good place since you already have foot traffic. So sometimes, you know, if you set up in your neighborhood, you've got to rely on that somebody's going to drive by and stop. But if you're at a place like a a market, um, any type of different market, um, whether it's a farmer's market or a craft market, uh, then you already have potential customers. And so uh, we've set up at a, a couple different local farmer's markets this year, and that's been really good for us. We have sold lemonade, um, but we've also sold treats. So we, this year we did a homemade Chex Mix, 
and Rice Krispie treats. And those were big hits. And then we also did um, a lemon sugar scrub. People really liked that. And then the poppet toys, which are really popular with kids these days. It's like a little, you know, fidget toy. Um, we sold those. And then we also have sold, we have two different Stand for Orphans t-shirts. And so we sold those as well. And so, um, yeah, I love Mary Beth, what you're doing and how you are using the God-given gifts and the natural bent that the Lord has given you to then turn around and bless someone else. And um, that is very encouraging for me to see, because like Kirby said, that was in, in the beginning, that was my vision was that this could look different for different families and different children based on um, their gifts and their talents. So I, I am so happy that that's what y'all have done. And, and Jenna, I'd love if you could just give us an example of how you've seen the Lord use these stands over the last seven years to tell people about the call to care for the vulnerable, a, a movement that started with your brother and sister-in-law stepping out to say, hey, we're going to adopt. And now it, it in, impacted, obviously, your daughter and your family. But now you've had the opportunity to impact others. Tell us about how that impact has, has just grown. Well, it has. And I, I mean, a word comes to my mind, and that's opportunity. I think that as people see um, Mary Beth doing this, especially year after year, and just the time that she puts in and the excitement that she has and uh, passion that she has, they want to know why. And so it just provides an opportunity for, um, for her and for us to tell why we're doing that and um and of course to talk about um our our own story and um our uh sweet um my my brother and sister-in-law's daughter um hannah who was uh adopted from china she's at every stand although she was not at the first one because she that was in the we were in the process but um she's there and uh you know there are other um adoptive family adoptive families who join us and um or they are just present and uh anyway just a lot of opportunity to talk about um adoption to talk about uh, orphan crisis and the needs that are there and to talk about lifeline too and how how, how is this money used um, uh, to to support uh, vulnerable children and so it just gives us a great opportunity and I will say too something special about this you know if I just called friends and said hey would you give for life to lifeline you know and this is a great uh, ministry great organization and they do all this wonderful stuff um, I don't know that I would get the same response as when people see a young person giving of their time, giving of, you know, and that they're passionate about it. Um, I think that people really get behind that. And um, so I just I think that that's another way the Lord uses it is um, he uses young people um, to to stir that excitement and um, and to get the word out. You know, and, and what I what I love about what you said, and even just thinking all the way about everything we've talked about is is how little uh, how how small impacts, small sparks create great big things. And and even going back to our founder Wells Goble and his wife Jean 
and Gene having the faithfulness to share the word and to share the gospel in West Point, Georgia, and you heard and you responded and to see that spark and that difference that it makes in your family and to see full cycle, you know, Mary Beth and Jenna, y'all may have absolutely no idea the lives have been changed just by a simple, uh, a simple stand that many people will see that the Lord will use that. Uh, he may change and reorient the direction, the mission of their life, or he may even bring them to a place where they learn more about him and make that same decision to follow after him. Or even think about Hannah, who's now in a home where the gospel is being presented and she's going to hear and know the gospel in her life has be re- been reoriented. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing how many people are impacted to these stands. Well, yes, absolutely. And I'll say one other little thing because it made me think of it. Um, we have little bags that when people purchase the items that we, um, you know, put their items in a little bag. And um, another thing we've actually done is slip down in there a little sheet with sort of the ABCs of the gospel. Oh. So that's just another opportunity to be able to, to share the gospel with those that could come. Amen. Well, I know this last 18 months, 19 months feels like uh, in some in some regards, it feels like it's been a blip on the radar. And in some regards, it feels like it's been a lifetime that we have called this COVID-19 pandemic has changed life in so many different ways. And and I know last year, even as we faced the summer with social distancing and folks in masks and trying to keep folks safe. And then we've even continued with some of those precautions this summer. COVID has changed everything. But Mary Beth, you were able actually to host a virtual stand during the COVID pandemic last year. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so it it definitely felt weird not being able to do my usual thing um, during when COVID was really at its peak. And I realized that, you know, it, it's not practical to do a in-person stand. That mm-hmm. just would make people uncomfortable and that's just not a good idea. But I definitely did not want to, you know, skip out on that. And so what I did was a virtual kind of fundraiser, which um, started when I was really interested in baking. And so I started baking cakes and, and all of these different things. And so I thought, hey, you know, why not raffle off a cake? And so that's what I did. I was able to make a cake. And on Facebook, we did a little raffle and it ended up being very successful. So I you know, highly recommend virtual stands for people that aren't able to do it in person or aren't comfortable with that. Yeah. And um, I don't know if people know that, that, you know, we worked with Lifeline to set up like a platform where people could donate. And so we just did um, for every $5 donation, they had a chance to win this beautiful cake just in time for the holidays um, that Mary Beth made. And, um, and so as people donated, we did that and um, someone got a great cake for right in time for Christmas. (laughs) Again, you know, the the ingenuity and the entrepreneurship and the, the drive and the go ahead. And certainly first and foremost, God is honoring that. But second of all, the life lessons that are being learned, even in this, uh, as you're helping others and serving others. And Mary Beth, I I know that that this stand has become a community event. And I mean, even as you think about COVID, folks were probably waiting and then they were able to see this, this virtual stand. But what are some ways that you've been able to get your community involved in this initiative? 
Yeah, so I'm blessed to have such an amazing group of supporters that are willing to donate and come to my stand. And it's also, you know, interesting to see all the different people that come together in support of my stand because, you know, it's not just people from my church that are coming. It's my friends, it's my teachers, it's neighbors, it's, you know, my grandparents' friends even. And so it's such a blessing, you know, getting to see my stand bring so many different groups of people together. But one thing that we have learned over the years is that doesn't just come out of thin air. So we've learned the importance of, you know, advertising and getting that word out. And some of the tools we use to do that are Facebook and, you know, posting on Facebook, doing an event on Facebook, or, you know, this year I've started to do a little Instagram page where, you know, I kind of update people on the process and, you know, different things that I've been making. And even, you know, emailing some of our older friends who are not on Facebook. <laughs> but yeah, just just getting the word out and making sure people know and not relying on, you know, just foot traffic to come to the stand. And also one thing that, you know, a piece of advice that I'd give to somebody who's really interested in been doing this for a while, like I have, is being consistent on the dates have been very important because people know you know, when to stay in town and, and it, it helps people remember, you know, when that usually is. So we like to do it at the same time and usually on the same day of the week around, you know, when school's about to start back. So it's been, it's been great to have consistency in, you know, that part of things. Mm. You know, and even as I think about it, uh, the great thing about the virtual stand and, and even the consistency uh, is, is just people get excited and, and they, they know that this is coming and it gives them an opportunity to participate as well. It gives them an opportunity to feel like a part of that. And, and it was really even through the community involvement that we realized that stand for orphans didn't just need to be a summer event, but it needed to be uh, a year round event. And so um, Ashley, you know, as we head into the fall, you know, in, in the first years, we would be heading into the fall and ending and wrapping up Stand for Orphans. But over the last many years, we're heading into the fall and, and even into the winter with, with the ideas that Stand for Orphans can continue. So what are some ways that families and kids especially can continue to, to take a stand in the fall and winter seasons? Yeah, I love that, Mary Beth, that you did the, um, the cake raffle around Christmas. Like that, that's just a, such a great idea to do something it's not during the summer. Um, so I think in the fall and winter is a great time. I mean, it's still so hot in the South in the fall. <laughs> and so um, I think of youth sports. I think of uh, football games, Friday nights, Saturdays, setting up at something like that. A lot of times you have to call and get, per get permission to do that. So if you're listening and you've not, not done a stand and you would like to, then, you know, check it out with um, your, the local people if they're but they will let you um, set up a stand. But I think that's a great way to do it. Uh, we did a stand one time at a run uh, that was actually a, a run to raise money for, for orphan care. And it was in November. And so we sold um, hot chocolate, coffee, um, things like that. So that's a great way to do a stand in the fall and winter months um, is to sell the hot drinks. Um, so like, like Herbie said, it is a, it is, it can be a year round event. Hmm. 
Well, you know, even as we are recording this podcast, uh, we have ongoing right now uh, an equipping an event for pastors in Latin America through our unadopted programs. And I had the opportunity earlier to, to, to speak to 50 plus pastors that were on this from Honduras and Dominican Republic and Costa Rica and Colombia, uh, Venezuela. There was a pastor from Venezuela and, and many other, even South American countries. And one of the neat things is at the end, we had a, a question and answer time and they were encouraging these pastors were encouraging one another about how their churches could reach out to orphan and vulnerable children right outside the doors of their churches. And even this last year, one of the churches in Colombia brought home, uh, had family, had families from their church domestically adopt kids during a pandemic where, where international adoption was slowed down. They brought home kids through adoption and even through foster care. And this church was encouraging others throughout Latin America to do the same thing. And so that's just one powerful way that we see unadopted making a difference where now their churches are being woken up around the world. And, and some of that is catalytic from these stand for orphans. And so I know we've talked about this a lot, but, but I, I just love to hear you say one more time, kind of, kind of boiling all of that down. Why do we do stand for orphans? Yeah, so one of my favorite Bible verses is James one twenty seven, and it just says, um, religion that is pure and undefiled before the Lord is this, that to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained for the world. So while we can't, like we said earlier in the podcast, while we can't help every single orphan around the world, all of us, even kids and teenagers, um, can be involved in fulfilling this biblical command to care for orphans. So by hosting a lemonade stand, by making the craft, making a cake, um, selling bracelets, um, and then donating the money to Lifeline, um, then we are able to provide to help for the needs of the orphans around the world. Amen. Well, Mary Beth, you know, there are probably a lot of families uh, listening to this podcast. There, there may be a mom or a dad that's listening to this podcast, and they go home and they think, you know what, my kids could do something like this. How would you encourage other kids that are thinking about doing a stand? And what's some advice that you would give them on, on how to get started and how to continue and even stick with it? Because you've stuck with it for seven years. What's some of that advice you would give them? Yeah, so I believe I would encourage other kids to get involved by telling them, you know, how rewarding it truly is. Because no matter, you know, how much I've sold in the past or you know, who all showed up or, you know, all those different aspects of things. It's always such a blessing. And it brings me so much joy because I know that I'm doing something that is honoring God and that is impacting the lives of others in a positive way. And I mean, it's also just so much fun, of course. And I think that Stand for Orphans, kind of like we were talking about earlier, is just really special and the fact that you can decide, you know, how you're going to make it fun and sell things that you enjoy. And so I just love seeing or selling baked goods and, and handmade items and crafts because I love baking and I love crafting. And those are two things that I really enjoy. But, you know, I've, I've seen others do, like you were talking about the hot chocolate or popsicles or dog treats. And so there's all sorts of fun stuff you can do to make it your own. So I'd say that's a, a kind of a piece of advice is make it your own because that's what 
helps you stay consistent because you can really find joy in doing the things that you love to do. Amen. That's awesome. You know, what's great is Mary Beth and our oldest Caleb are about the same age. And so they were getting started around the same time. And I remember I asked Caleb, Caleb had the idea, Hey, let's get someone to match what we raise. And so I put him up to getting on the phone with one of our donors and that donor agreed to match two times more than he had ever given to the ministry, just because a little nine-year-old boy called him and asked him to do that. Um, now I, he never made the same match again because, uh, he made a match of a hundred thousand dollars and, I'll just go ahead and tell you, the kids raised $100,000 that summer. And I think he realized, uh uh-oh, they really came up to the challenge. (laughs) Uh, But it it really goes back to what we've been saying. And and Jenna, you said so, so succinctly and so right. When kids are making an impact, it doesn't just impact other kids. It impacts adults as well. Um, You know, I think back to Luke chapter 9. You know, the disciples, again, are, are bickering about who's going to be the greatest. And, um, you know, you just see that over and over through God's word. And in a lot of ways, a lot hasn't changed. We're still bickering over who's going to be greatest or who has the biggest toys or who's made the most impact. And it's funny because in Luke chapter 46 or Luke chapter 9 and verses 46, 47, 48, in order to illustrate kind of, Hey, you need to, you need to be humble and you need to stop getting, you need to get rid of this pride. Jesus brings a child in front of them. And he basically says, Hey, until you become like a child and in a sense, until you serve this child, then, then you're never, you're never going to understand the kingdom of God. And you, as I think through that, even in relation to stand for orphans, it's so true. We're to be childlike before God, where we're dependent upon him, but we are to be like God for vulnerable children in the way that we provide for them and care for them. And it's children that are really making a difference and young people that are making a difference in, in showing others. And so Mary Beth, you've been impactful, not just to your peers, but you've been impactful to generations of people. And I'm grateful for that. Well, Ashley, as we close, you know, one of, one of the things that, that has been your brainchild really for the last seven, six, seven years has been a devotional resource, prayer resources, and so finally that got off the ground kind of with draft one this year of, of this resource. Can you tell us about this new resource for Stand for Orphans? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this year we created Stand for Orphans prayer cards. And I thought that that would be a great addition to Stand because like we talked about earlier, we want people to understand the why behind it. We want people to understand who are orphans and what is the orphan crisis look like around the world. And so um, it's a set of cards and they're, super cute. They're lemon shaped. And the first uh, four cards are just thinking about orphans. Like why should we care for orphans and, and who are the orphans? And then the last five are specific prayers um, in, in groups of orphans. So we have um, a card for orphans. We have a card, children in foster care, children who may never be adopted, uh, women in difficult situations, and then children to be adopted. And then on the back of each, so on the front of the card, it's the category. And then we list a verse that goes along with that specific category. And then on the back of the cards are uh, five different bullet points on how to specifically pray for those different groups of orphans. So this is really um, a a tool and a resource for families to help disciple their children (coughs) and, and to know how to, um, 
to pray because sometimes it can be overwhelming. Like if you don't know a whole lot about the orphan crisis, then you may not know specifically how to, to disciple your children in that. And so that's why we created this resource is for families. You can go to the website, the Lifeline website in the store, and we have them there. There's also a PDF link that you can download to get those and use those with your family. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention was that uh, we do have a downloadable kit to make this easy for moms. So I'm a mom of three and I know how busy life is even in the summer, even when we're not in school. And so we wanted to make this very doable and easy to replicate. And so we have a downloadable kit that you just download and then your kids can, can color that and be involved in helping make that for the stand. So we were trying to make it as easy as possible. And so if you'd like to download that kit, we also have another way that you can raise money virtually uh, there. It's a graphic that you can use and post it to your Instagram. You can do it, you know, on your stories or on Facebook or whatever. And they're little lemons. And then people say, yes, I'll, I'll take that lemon for $20 or I'll take that lemon for $25. And then you can do the progress. You can show the progress along the way. And then we have a, a little jar of lemonade and you can kind of color that up and show people how much money you're raising. So if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, it's too late, it's in the summer, or I don't really have time to get together a physical stand, you can always do a virtual stand and give the money. Um, like we said, it's a year round thing. So we would love for people to get involved. And we this year we have a $30,000 match. And um, I don't think that we've reached that $30,000 yet. So we would love to be able to reach that $30,000. So if you're listening, we would just encourage you to do a stand either in person or virtually and help us reach that goal. To learn more information or get any of these items, you can always go to lifelinechild.org. And we just recently released a new website. It is a lot easier to navigate and there's a little magnifying glass at the top. If you put stand for orphans, it'll take you right to the stand for orphans landing page. Or if you want to go directly there, you can always go to stand for orphans org standfororphans.org and that will take you straight to that website to get the prayer cards to register your stand to get the downloadable kit and to get started with stand for orphans well what a blessing it's been uh jenna and mary beth to have you guys talk a little bit about how the lord has used your stand there in west point georgia and always what a privilege it is to partner with my sweet wife and see how the lord has has used her in so many different ways through the ministry of lifeline Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast. Defender Podcast.